everyone out there can hear this. I'm currently drinking the How Long Gone Mud Snap Chill Can Coffee. <laughs> for everyone out there, you can go to wearmanyhats.com slash howlonggone and put in them jeans for 2% <laughs> off because that's the type of milk you drink, right? 2%? Two, no. Whole milk. Rashad, I feel like you're having a little too much fun with this. You know what I mean? I don't know if I like this. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to start insulting you pretty soon. And I think you're gonna like that more, which is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> It's Rashad, and this is Wear Many Hats, presented by Dasar, where we talk about your main gig, then we talk about your side hustle. Jason Stewart is a DJ, foodie, KitchenAid chef, TV ideas person, and podcaster. You may have known him through the Blockhouse days with his Them Jeans remixes, or you may know him through his other podcasts, The Stew and Tall Tales. Oh, and maybe How Long Gone with his co-host, Chris Black. Jason Stewart, or TJ, is described from everyone as tall, not dark, not handsome, and is about hardcore music. Sivioki and him go way back as at Cinespace <laughs> as resident DJs. He's not as famous as Sivioki, but we love Genuine. The outro music will not be in them jeans. Please welcome Jason Stewart. Wow. Wow, 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 <laughs> bro. How long, how long did you fucking write that for? Five minutes, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. Thanks for calling me not handsome. That's nice. I mean, right I mean, right now you look pretty handsome with your uh, polo tee. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Before we got on, you were chugging a gallon of water. I'm going to be chugging water this entire podcast, <laughs> so there's a good chance halfway through I'm going to have to go number one, and you're going to have to edit that out, all right? I will. Or, it's, going to be, it's going to be a seamless piss. It's going to be a seamless piss, or I'm just going to keep it silent the whole time. That's, <laughs> I don't, oh, yeah, it's just, just dead air, just a minute and a half of dead air. <laughs> And I don't know. I don't know how you do your podcast, but I wouldn't. Do that, so. <laughs> no, I would definitely not do that. But <laughs> I'll keep it in there. I'll keep it in there. But um, how's the influencer lifestyle going? I see you be partnering up with a bunch of brands. Mm-hmm. Influencer lifestyle is great. I did not expect it to blossom later in life. It seems like more of a of a teen, teen hottie, twenty three year old <laughs> type of lifestyle. But now, uh, you know, now it's great. It works out well because during the quarantine, when I started um, How Long Gone, it was sort of like a side project in itself, a side hustle. But the other problem was my main hustle didn't exist at all <laughs> because of, of COVID, like so many people's main hustle. So my side hustle became my main gig. Um Wait, I don't even remember why we were talking about. What, it, what did you ask? <laughs> what, what did you fucking ask? Me? No, I, because now you're just like, 
you've gone from DJ to um, you know teen girl influencer. Oh, influencing, <laughs> influencing. That's right. Okay. So yeah. So as a result of that, my <laughs> main gig became podcasting so my side gig turned into my main gig and now my side gig is being an instagram influence love it i love it which um <laughs> which is interesting because like of all like i'm not the smartest person in the world but i'm also not i wouldn't say i'm dumb <laughs> i think my intelligence level is not bad at all but all the professions all the ways that i've made money done work in exchange for money have all been things that the most mindless people are drawn to because it's not that difficult. No, it's not. Except for the one thing that you have to be good at, which you can't really teach or learn. It's just like, it's inside of you. Like, first of all, DJing. <laughs> Any fuck, you know, we've all seen, you know, like Polly D makes $3 million a year DJing in, you know, Fort Lauderdale. Like all these idiots can become a professional DJ if they're famous enough, if they're hot enough, whatever. So the respect that you get from telling somebody you're a dinner party or at a dinner party that you're a DJ, you know, people are like, oh, <laughs> oh okay. That's but nice. influencer. Uh, but then, and then the second profession, podcasting, <laughs> it's like, oh, like, what do you do? I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. I'm in sales. I'm blah, blah, blah. I'm, uh, you know. I'm an academic and it's like, oh, I'm a podcaster. Like, oh, okay. So like my first two jobs that I've made all this money from, it's like, these are jobs where people assume that you don't, the jobs that you tell people you do when you don't really have a job. Oh, of course. Um, because 99% of DJs don't make enough money to buy food or clothes <laughs> or a house. 99% of podcasts make $8 a year. <laughs> so like of course people are going to assume that your main gig is is just like a joke thing. Um but now influencing the king of idiot jobs is is well in my grasp and it's I love it because it's so easy. Much like being a professional DJ, you work 4 hours a week at the most. The rest of the time is spent, you know, playing call of duty and checking <laughs> off I which I, I don't do either of those things but you know maybe earlier in my life and you know with podcasting it does take a lot of work for me because it's like turned into a big thing it's like running a business of course but you know essentially if you do a podcast you are like talking to your bro for an hour a week <laughs> you know mostly so it's not really that much work as well but you have to live uh, you have to live a lived life to be able to speak about things and you have to have good taste in music to be a good DJ and you have to be good at advertising to be a good influencer. Exactly, which it seems influencer lifestyle has come very natural to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not going to lie, I saw uh, that last post and I was like, wow, he's it's like you're being yourself. Mm -hmm. and you're showing off whatever the product product is but then like also that other brand where you're just you know cooking up something or make like that you're mm -hmm. that's what you like to do at the on the side like it all comes full yeah. circle yeah the um luckily for me influencing has been around long enough to where like the first iteration of being an influencer was very bad it's just like you know like a a hot person wearing athleisure 
and they're like very is in a very unnatural photo of them holding like here's my protein powder that I love to drink every day and if you use promo code Tiffany <laughs> you know whatever Brylin Richardson then you get 15% off your you know whatever it is and like people would make tummy tea jokes you know whatever a few years ago but now it's been around long enough to where brands are obviously brands are realizing that it's dumb and like that's not only going to appeal to full idiots and like super fans of these hot people on Instagram who have 3.8 million followers for doing nothing then it, it, the micro influencer you know the world that I fit into whatever you know under 100,000 followers you can move the needle a decent amount if you have a, an influential person and I always thought that it's interesting to instead of move away from the thing that everyone thinks is dumb or thinks is bad. Like if you get offered to do something, you can say no, like, oh, I'm not going to work with this brand because it's going to be a bad look for me or I don't agree with their politics or whatever. Like that's one thing. But if it's just like, you know, it's just it's a brand that's around. It's existing. You know, let's say like H&M, for example, like it's a huge brand that makes millions and billions of dollars. But, you know, in the cool crowd, it's not considered a great look. Terrible. But, but if you figure out a way to show that off in a new exciting different refreshing way not only are you going to get the cool influential people to be like oh like you actually took this thing that was i thought to be impossible and you made it cool interesting different that's much more impressive to me than like hey do you want to be an influencer for Bottega Veneta or Bodhi or something like that where it's like yeah anyone like I could take a shit on a piece of paper (laughs) and put Bodhi on it and they're gonna be like oh wow I love Bodhi it's so awesome like it's it's already like a very cool product so it's not hard to influence but if you're able to take something that you know like Panera Bread or you know Subway or you know something where it's like this is dumb and you're like oh wow you actually did it I'm looking at it in a new light. That's not only gets you the attention of the influencers and cool people, but also other brands of like, oh, wow, like you can do, you have the ability to turn this big ship around versus just keep this big ship going. Exactly. And you choose your brands wisely and it's what you want. I I, I can't say that. (laughs) I mean, Mm. all right. So, I was at the dentist the other day wearing my brand new Acne Studio sunglasses that I just got in and I use it as goggles so the water doesn't squirt in my eyes. But I selfie okay. with my dentist in the background so it would be like, okay, I'm trying to protect my eyes, but also shout out to my dentist for making my teeth squeaky clean. But now mm-hmm. I've been going often and he knows the deal where I'm wearing these sunglasses like, oh shit, today he's going to take another selfie. But you know what? That's my only chance of ever being an influencer in the influencer lifestyle now advertise not advertising brazilian butt lifts or botox but you know mm-hmm, telling mm-hmm. people to brush their teeth twice a day and floss <laughs> and but shout out to okay. my dentist because he's killing it but like all my 50 followers are like yo rashad why do you keep going to the dentist like recently i'm like because we didn't get got to go to the dentist last year so i'm doing this whole checkup but yo so you're being an influencer for oral <laughs> health and hygiene, which needs to be done. Needs to be done. 
but my dentist is dope mm-hmm. as hell. He's he's Asian. That sounds Shout like out AAPI dentists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Asian people are great at dental work. And you guys care about teeth a lot, don't you? I mean, I do. And more than ever. <laughs> as you should. Now more than ever. You smoke cigarettes? I feel like you don't. I used to. I quit. But do you? You drink coffee, I, though, right? You drink coffee? Speaking of coffee, of course, I mean, you know, I want to say mm-hmm. shout out to Homecoming, Vanessa and Scott for hooking up the Dasar and Wear Many Hats fan with their new brews. We got the same <laughs> too, right? I did. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm dr- I, I'm, I, I made a cup of it just earlier today. Of the Homecoming blends? Love Homecoming. Yeah, we got a special blend. Scott um, told me. Did you see it? I did. I did. It's pretty. Okay. I'm wait, gonna... wait, wait. Show, show it to me again. Show it to me again. Jason right now is going to get his special homecoming how long gone blend that Scott actually told me shout out to Scott and Vanessa again oh I see it wait 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 I gotta change this blurry background it's amazing it's got the home, how long gone colors with the homecoming boxes. Um, I love it. How do I do that? I don't know how to do this. Oh, I love it. Coastal Elite. <laughs> yeah, oh, amazing. It's good. That's mm-hmm. definitely yeah, what Scott, Scott actually mentioned that to me when we were getting on, and I was like, amazing. <laughs> Yeah, that's sweet of him. Hopefully, we'll be doing some more stuff with them in the future. Hopefully, I mean, honestly, if, if everyone out there can hear this, <laughs> I'm currently drinking the How Long Gone Mud Snap Chill Can Coffee. <laughs> for everyone out there, you can go to wearmanyhats.com/slash How Long Gone and put in them jeans for two percent <laughs> off because that's the type of milk you drink, right? Two percent? <laughs> no. Whole milk. Rashad, I feel like you're having a little too much fun with this. You know what I mean? I don't know if I like this. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to start insulting you pretty soon. And I think you're gonna like that more, which is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it, it I am having a lot of fun with this. I mean you just mentioned Bodie. I'm wearing this Bodie jacket and all my podcast episodes, so when I sell it, I'm gonna be like I podcast it with Obama and sell, mm-hmm. <laughs> sell it for a huge amount of money. So you're the kind of guy who gets dressed up for an audio only <laughs> show? Is that what's going on? It'll make you feel better? <laughs> you know, I'm just like throwing in my fits. No throwing fits. No, I get it. And, yeah, but you know. No, it's important. It's important to look, you know, first impression. You're probably nervous to podcast with me, right? Absolutely not. I'm looking at you like you're one of us. <laughs> I'm not Asian. <laughs> um, but you're <laughs> yeah, I'm one, I'm one of you. We're both young Asian teens who, have, who can aff- afford to buy expensive Bodhi jackets on a meager podcaster's salary. But I'm also you know repping LA with my brain dead. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to brain shout dead. out to brain shout dead. Out to Kyle. ACAB t-shirt. So I've got LA and New York in the house. You're based in LA right now. I'm based in New York. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. This is a great podcast about side hustles so far. <laughs> You've let me know all the different clothes that you're wearing. So that's good. And you're- <laughs> good hustle, hustle vibe. <laughs> I mean, okay, so I love the How Long Gone merge. <laughs> you, thank you, thank you. Uh, the Snapchat coffee. You guys do breakfast mm-hmm. sandwiches too. Mm-hmm. We do. We have our, our own vegan breakfast sandwich that copies the failing McDonald's <laughs> <Egg> muffin. <laughs> it is delicious. It's too salty, but ours is not. And that's in collaboration with... With Burger Lords, which is a, a vegan restaurant here in LA. They have a few locations. Old friend of mine. Great guy. Shouts to Fred. Shout outs to Fred. Are you guys going to do, you guys should do a burger with a Love Hour. Maybe we will. I'm friends with him too. I feel like you're friends with, you know, everyone over there, you know. You name it, <laughs> Asian in LA, and I am bros with them. And I'm ready to collab with all of them. <laughs> They're not all ready to collab with me. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's fine. You can't win them all. You know that. Oh, right? yeah. Definitely not. Definitely not. Mm-hmm. What's that's, a, that's the biggest lesson you're going to learn as your podcast career grows is that you're going to have to crack a few eggs to make an omelet. I don't know if you're the type of person that's ready to offend people, though. You Can you handle that? I can offend, but I'm also a nice guy. Unlike mm, Chris Black. But But do you want to offend? Are you no? Are you willing to do it? No, you I don't. mean, yeah, do, yeah. are you? Yeah, <laughs> you ha- I mean, I used to not be. I used to not want to, but now I've learned that if you want to grow, you're gonna have Offend. to. You're gonna have to be okay with some people, you know, unfollowing you. You know, metaphorically speaking, not just on Twitter, <laughs> but you know, being like, I don't like this guy. I don't like him. Ben, you know, for every one person that you lose, hopefully you bring two more on. My dad said the same exact thing when he like, he came into one of my podcast episodes and he was in the back and he was like, yo, you're too nice. Mm, And mm -hmm. I was like, well, that's why you have no friends. And he was like, like that, like that. (laughs) What does your dad do for a living? He's a computer engineer. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Is he a Virgo? (laughs) Actually... Maybe I think. So. What's his fucking birthday? Bro? Oh, so we doing signs now? He, October ten. 10- no, we ain't doing signs. <laughs> October ten. No, I think he's a little. He's a little right after a Virgo. Okay, okay. So he's a computer engineer, and he yeah. But this isn't Poog. It's, honestly, it's it's great advice. <laughs> no, this is not Poog. Remember when Poog was good? Episode one and two. Um, no, there's a no. That's absolutely wonderful advice. Um, especially to certain people who are just so afraid of offending everybody that what that the words that you say and the things that you do end up, you know, just being a flat line, not a flat earther, not a flat earther, <laughs> a flat liner. Yeah, I mean, you'll if this is a flat Earth podcast, you definitely have more fucking subscribers, wouldn't you? I really, I really would, and. I don't know how many people subscribe to the show, but I'm just saying, whatever that number is, it'd be double if this was a flat earth. Oh, definitely. And we'd be trending on Twitter every single second mm-hmm. of every day. Yeah, it wouldn't be good, but you would be making more money. That's oh, sure. definitely. With all the Alex Joneses out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except you are you're not white. <laughs> so that's, 
that is tough for you in the in that community in the Alex Jones demographic. But yeah, that is a lesson that you're gonna have to learn. I don't know how we're gonna do that because you seem like a tough nut to crack. It seems like you're just gonna always be nice forever. Maybe um, some ayahuasca, some ketamine therapy. Maybe somebody just needs you to give you a good hard smack across the head. You know what I mean? I, Bop on the nose, as they say. I, I'm very, very familiar with ketamine therapy. Have you ever tried it? No, I'm actually adamantly trying to right now. I'm in the middle of trying to text different drug addict friends of mine to give me some ketamine so I could do it. Have you ever done it? I have. I, oh, I love okay. it. I mean, I'm not Great. doing it every weekend, but... Sure. But the ayahuasca thing, I would like to try someday. Okay, good. So when you do ketamine therapy, what does that do to you? How did that change you? No, it's just, it's just. You're like, oh, it's not therapy. I, I just <laughs> just want to party at all I times. Uh, I mean, yeah. that between. I mean, I once I was actually looking into cambo. Have Have you ever tried that? Cam cambo cambo therapy with the frog venom. Oh, I have heard of that. A good friend of mine um, just told me about him doing it a couple weeks ago, and he said it fully changed his life. Is he still the same person? He's still the same person. He's just a little bit different. He said the main thing it did was make him more grateful. <laughs> like, like the first thing that he thinks about, instead of like everyone says like that's like the, one of the, the keys to – Mental health is like always to be practicing gratitude and remember like if you think your life sucks, there's like always somebody out there who's a billion times, you know, in a much worse situation than you're in. And you have to kind of stop for a minute and remember like, oh, yeah, there's like somebody who, you know, lives under a bridge and doesn't have any arms or legs or, you know, there's somebody whose house just burned down and their whole family was in there, whatever it is, like it could always be worse. Uh, but you have to stop and really think about that for a minute. And he said that when after he did that, that was the thing that was the first that was in his like main vision of his life every day was gratitude first and then everything else. So he didn't have to like actively think about it. It was just there, which, you know, if you do that long enough, then, you know, it just kind of turns you into a better person in general. Your, you know, your relationships are better. Your working situations are better. Your stress is reduced. You know, have you ever, you're feeling better feelings. Have you ever tried any drug therapies that made you feel like that? Um, the, the closest thing I've got to feeling that is probably just like doing a bunch of mushrooms or doing like, um you know, like long meditations or um, whatchamacallit, where you're in the, the float tank. What is that called again? Not We're not talking uh, hyperbaric oxygen. We're no, not that. hyperbaric oxygen, but uh, sensory, sensory deprivation. Yeah, that's right. I've done that a few times, and that can take you to some pretty wild places. Wow. I've, I have done sensory deprivation, and that will um, – that's more so for, like, bringing up – old repressed memories and processing them that you you know stuff that you never processed which is which is also very healthy but i, I definitely want to try some frog venom ayahuasca is a little scary to me but i'm also curious about that there's like um there's this stand-up comedian i forgot i forgot his name but he's like a he's like an older guy who's like a full alcoholic like drank a bottle of tequila every day 
and he did ayahuasca and just quit drinking the next day just no like, way. Uh, like like was you know his 50 years loved it like margarita guy had his own tequila company it was like a part of his brand and did ayahuasca once next day zero and that kind of stuff is wild stone cold sober mm-hmm. well no no more alcohol oh now now he's badly addicted to ayahuasca oh really oh, no i'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um yeah if you want to mail if you could mail me some ketamine for doing this podcast that'd be great. <laughs> if you don't do that i will cancel you <laughs> promo code where many hats <laughs> yeah. i mean literally in the next three years there's going to be ketamine promo codes on podcasts and people are just going to buy it straight off a of fucking squarespace it's insane we love it we love we love to see it yeah man we love to see <laughs> everyone crippling k-holes <laughs> in k-holes <laughs> i had dinner with uh harry the other night bauer at rule mm-hmm. of thirds the other day with his bae kylie who's one of my good friends and mm-hmm. i told them i was having you come on the pod and he was like oh you got them jeans on the pod ask him <laughs> about sweet green <laughs> just just in general ask him about sweet green <laughs> so shout out to harry <laughs> bauer yeah. did he cut his hair yet or no no still still Golly. long <laughs> love that guy. I love that guy. One of one of my favorite podcast guests so far. Chris was like he knew who he was. He had heard of him obviously, but he didn't know anything about him and he was just like who's this DJ guy whatever. I guess I'll we'll have him on since you like him. And then at the end he was like love that guy. Holy <laughs> shit. That was such a good episode cuz he just has such great energy, you know. Harry was not the same. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what's up with that guy? <laughs> uh, yeah, that happens. That's fine. No, it's amazing. Yeah, Kylie's a close friend of mine. And we, when I was listening to the episode, Kylie, me and Kylie were texting back and forth saying, like, <laughs> did he just call me a cat? <laughs> call me a cat? Is that what you said? Some type of, some t- like, who Bay was in quar in quarantine and it was just really funny but it was a great episode oh you mean a cat like calling somebody like i'm more of a low-key cat instead of saying dude is that what you're talking about no like i think like a pet oh (laughs) oh oh, he was he was pet shaming him for having a cat in quarantine right 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 (laughs) you shouldn't let that get to you if somebody doesn't like cats many people don't like cats I love cats. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm totally cool with cats, but so many people don't like... Well, I mean, they, they like the cat th- itself, I guess, but, you know, the litter box, the, you know, there's a lot of parts about cats that are turnoffs, let's be honest. Cat community. <laughs> have you and Harry ever DJed before, or have you ever booked them besides the podcast? Uh, I've never booked, uh, maybe I've booked him. We've, I'm sure there's been one or two lineups that him and I have shared at some point over the years. Um, but we weren't really like tight friends at all. We just kind of knew each other tangentially and we have a lot of mutual friends, um, here in LA for sure. And to complete his request, what is it with you and Sweet Green? 
What is it with me and Sweetgreen? It's a good question. We have we have a long running relationship that started the same way many of our brand relationships start, which is by making fun of it uh, incessantly to the point where they begin talking to us and working with them. But I, I befriended Nate, one of the three owners of Sweetgreen. I don't know. A long time ago, I had him on The Stew, my food podcast. Um, Amazing. Where like their PR reached out and asked if he wanted to come on. And and I was like, oh, shit. Like We've been talking about talking shit on Sweetgreen for the last year. And now the owner of Sweetgreen is going to come on our podcast. This is going to be weird. And then he ended up being really, really nice and cool, being a good sport. And I respected that about him. And he is the kind of guy that was like, I don't want to you know, not taking himself so seriously. And he's not just like founder bro energy where you just like everything that you say is like super diplomatic and, and politically correct. And like, no one's going to say anything weird. Like he was, he was being a normal person, being himself and being natural. So I always respect that with people in that position, you know, people who are just like running, you know, multi-million dollar companies who are also like a regular person and not just like, I agree with my third quarter figure, you know, but like that, I don't, I'm not interested, interested in that. And then, um, from there on, we just kind of kept in touch and we had a good friendship. And then also I, then I started liking sweet green food more and realizing that it was actually, you know, it's not obviously my favorite food in the entire world, but it comes in handy when you are in the mood for a, a healthy salad quickly. Like, you know, it's, it's good. It's so just, you think it, of it is Nate what it is. Every time you eat a sweet green, think of you. You think of Nate. Oh yeah, I think of Nate with every chew that I take. <laughs> <laughs> because and, now you got me thinking. Over here we have Fresh and Co. And every time I go to Fresh and Co., my homies will hook me up with Fresh and Co. salads all the time. But it's definitely not the same because I'm nice to them. <laughs> uh, I've never had Fresh and Co. Is it better or worse than sweet green? Honestly, it's About definitely the on the same same level, ex- same shit. except same shit, but like no influencers, no tennis player. <laughs> <laughs> well, not yet. You know, Sweet Green is like a you know their first store was probably like ten years ago or something at least, maybe more. Exactly. So you know, it took a it took a long time to grind to where they got. You know, so I'm exactly. sure I'm sure Fresh Co will be there one day. One day. I'm going to LA actually very soon because right now we have billboards of our new collection in Echo Park by the Duck Boats on Alvarado and mm-hmm. on Sunset Boulevard because <clears throat> we just did a collaboration with Peter Saville of the Joy Division New Order fame in collaboration with Commercial Type. And this is a fucking ad, bro. What you know. The hell? I'm just right now just saying that I'm going to be in your town and you should check it out. <laughs> I should go I should go look at your billboard. <laughs> it feels like a commercial, which is fine. <laughs> which is fine. You're trying to you you're trying to I'm I'm actually just trying to say that like I'm going to go to LA so we got to definitely hang out because I'm also going to LA to finish recording my new record and what's funny is that the artist's name I go by is called Smog Cutter. <laughs> oh that's right that's right and uh, you've been to the bar smog cutter before i'm assuming yep paying homage to the that's nice of you. okay well so <laughs> how did you become friends with peter saville 
actually my collaborator is friends with Pierre, Peter Saville and mm-hmm. his partner Paul Barnes and mm-hmm. so we all came together and and they wanted me to create merch for them and here we are and we have billboards up there which I'm going out to check soon so yeah you know what this That's is huge. an ad and thank Good. you <laughs> I mean I mean you know for a graphic designer Peter is you know he's on the fucking Mount Rushmore of Adobe of the Adobe Creative Suite, isn't he? <laughs> Man's a goddamn legend. He's done so much insane, insane work over the years. He has, and it's definitely one of those weird staples in my life. Weird dream come true situations. Chris Black just came to Karma and visited the homie Matt, and we're also going to be selling some of the t-shirts there. Shout mm-hmm. out to Matt Karma. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just... Fuck you, Just to... <laughs> so when I go out there, I'm actually staying at my boy Naeem's crib, formerly known as Spankrock, and I'm also using like we share the same engineer. Shout out Chris, bunch of shout outs. There's a lot of shout outs here. No more shout outs. No more shout outs <laughs> in this episode. But I love Naeem. He's a uh, I've known him forever as well. Great guy. I know. I know. Small world. He, We're so connected, aren't we? We're very connected. Exactly. Love it. Yeah, I know that you storied one of my old studio mates, Hassan Rahim. Mm-hmm. I used to mm-hmm. share a studio with him in Philadelphia. And now he lives in New York. Like, we yeah. live close by to each other. And yeah, he's back in Los Angeles. And yeah, we definitely share the same people. We're in the same circle. I love Hassan's Volvo station wagon. Have you seen it? He, I've never seen I've only seen his BMW. Dude, I love it. It's it's all blacked out Volvo wagon. Of course, looks sick as hell. But yeah, I've known Hassan since when back when he had dreads in like 2007, and was wearing like hyphy shirts and shit. Great guy. I got I got one of his pieces up in my dining room. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So I gotta ask: Is there any recommendations to eat, places to go? Fuck no. I'm not giving <laughs> you no damn recommendations. I don't go to any restaurants. All restaurants are bad. <laughs> go to Whole Foods, cook up some food of your own. What kind of food are you looking for? Whatever you, you're into. I mean, no, I, not whatever okay. I'm into. So you're in, you're in New York. So I've been guys- eating a lot of Italian food lately. I, uh, mm-hmm. Last night, I got Santa Panza Italian. I've been showing my friends the Saraginas, which I live close by. And then when I was in the village, this Previously, I went to another Italian restaurant. Italian's my number one. Do you mm-hmm. have a number one Italian food spot? Uh, no, I don't really go out to restaurants for Italian. I usually just make pasta at home. Yeah, you um, you just stay cooking. Uh, yeah, I stay cooking because, I mean, especially with foods like pasta, like obviously it's very difficult to make excellent pasta but it's like simple ingredients it's kind of like sushi like you know it's just rice and fish and some soy sauce but like the difference between good and bad is so huge and then pasta is just flour and water and you know whatever some some cheese and some oil or something like that have you ever made fresh pasta like hand rolled it i have yeah i have it's not it's not fun takes a long time (laughs) it's not super duper worth it um What's your favorite tough dish in the, to... in the summer months? 
Oh yeah, well, I mean, definitely. I'm, I make yeah, I mean, I make pasta all the time. My girlfriend likes gluten free pasta, so that's what I've been eating lately. But she's out of town all week, so I might have to get my my full fat whole my my wheat my wheat noodles on. Oh, nice gluten yeah. more. I've been it. making a lot of amatriciana lately. Uh, nice spicy tomato sauce with guanciale. Tomatoes are in season right now, so making tomato sauce from scratch is definitely super fun. So that's what I've been doing. Super, like as you get older, as you've been cooking longer and longer, you just get more and more simple, which is something that I didn't think was ever going to happen. But I would hear other chefs talk about it. Like Bourdain would talk about, like he, in his last cookbook, it was just like recipes for his kids, like super simple shit. I'm like, why are you doing that? Like you should be growing and making more and more crazy stuff. But you, you get less interested in like shaved white truffle and caviar and all that stuff. And, you get more interested in like what can you do with nothing like what can, like how good can you make something out of super simple ingredients that's where the real technique and skill is i think so have that's like ever, what i'm more into have you ever made squid ink pasta have you gotten like hell no creative? <laughs> see that's just i mean that's the it's the exact perfect example of something that like people are going to be drawn to it because it's black like mm-hmm. oh, I made this black pasta. It's so cool, and I'm gonna take a picture of it. And it mm-hmm. looks weird and different. Mo- normally, I eat pasta, and it's not black at all. It's like red or white or yellow. It's it's usually rainbow. Shout out, no, it's, yeah, it's like rainbow <laughs> shit. But like when you get the black, and when you you know, like nobody wants nobody's like oh I just want a big old bowl of squid ink pasta. You know, like, <laughs> nobody ever really. It's like a it's like a novelty fun thing. So like that's a perfect example of something that I have no interest in. But where if I was like 21 and I go to, you know, some gourmet provisions, larder mm-hmm. place, and they have a jar of squid ink for $13, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to make this pasta. I'm going to take a picture of it and put my Instagram. And you're going to be like, mm, this tastes like squid ink. A flavor that is fine, but like, you know, I'm not, I don't wake up in the morning being like, oh, no, I need no. my squid ink. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> but I'm, not. yeah, I'm more of just like, give me a hunk of Parmesan, some good olive oil, some salt, you know, and some really great pasta. And then like, let's see how, how good you can make this. Let's see how perfectly you can cook, boil this pasta, how perfectly you can finish it, when to turn the heat on and off, when to put in, you know, like all that stuff. You know, if you can pull that off, that's when that's where the real shit is. Do you and Bay cook a lot together? We do cook a lot together. Yeah, it's it's a thing that we do almost every single day, and usually it's best if we don't do it together together because then we will step all over each other and usually get into a fight because mm-hmm. I she will like she will tell me I should be doing it this way and I'll tell her she should be doing it this way neither nobody ever wants to hear that when you have your when you have your thing so if we're having food it'll be like i'll make the salad you make the pasta or you know whatever it is and then just and just do it and stay out of each other's way because otherwise i'm just i'm I'm gonna backseat drive the whole thing and it's gonna be annoying of course nobody wants someone to tell them well some people sometimes they do if they ask for it but they usually don't ask for it and also some people slash every person if they really care about cooking and are really wanting to learn a lot of those lessons they have to learn themselves they have to 
you know, if I'm sitting there watching the pasta, I'm like, you should probably pull it now because it's going <laughs> to fin- finish more in the pan when you put in the sauce and everything exactly. like that. It'll give you more uh, leeway so it doesn't overcook. And they're like, well, I, I looked at the packaging. It says boil for 12 minutes, so I'm going to boil it for 12 minutes. And, you know, and that's how we make macaroni you, and cheese. <laughs> you pull it out and you finish it. And when the pasta is overcooked... As long I, as long as I don't say I told you I told you so, <laughs> and then she will be like, okay, I remember next time. Don't do that because it'll be overcooked. That's just what you got to do. I'm glad you and your life partner are very close. It'd be weird if, it, if we weren't, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> do you have a life partner yourself? I do not. Oh, touchy subject. <laughs> We're in between. In between partners right now? In between. In between. Mm-hmm. You want to just leave it at that? <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it with that. Okay. But for all my life partners previously, shout out to them for all the inspiration out there. <laughs> don't say that. Inspiration. They don't want to hear that shit. You have, you have to tell them that like... I learned I learned a lot about myself from you, previous partners, and I will make sure that I treat my next partner a little bit better with what I've learned. But you're not going to do that. You're going to make the same old mistakes like you always do, just like Rihanna I'm does. Just, I'm <laughs> I'm just going to show them this segment. Yeah, and they're going to be like, "Wow, this guy Jason, he seems very <laughs> in tune with his emotional side. You could learn something from him." Did you ever work at a restaurant before? I feel like you would be a great chef or someone who works down the line goes fire. <laughs> ha, no, I've never worked at a restaurant. Never wanted. Well, I used to want to a little bit, but now I've learned in my in my older years as I've been cooking for a long time that I'm I love being a amateur home chef and working in a restaurant you have to be a certain specific type of person and that person is not is not i can't handle it the hours are fucked up hours are bad since i'm really tall like it's they're like really cramped confined spaces (laughs) it's just super hot super stressful you're getting burned people are yelling at you it's frustrating and then if you do an amazing job, nobody gives you any thanks or credit unless you're good at Instagram. You know, it's tough. Running a restaurant is so difficult. Nonstop work, 90 hours a week. Oh, my God. Most of that is like unclogging the toilet and like <laughs> being on the phone with like vegetable distributors who didn't bring you carrots. And now you have to cancel your soup of the day and fish going bad and you can't fire people because you know that's there's it's just so much and then and that's if you have a successful restaurant whereas 80 percent of them fail within six months or whatever it's a tough biz not for everyone do you throw dinner parties a lot uh i used to all the time that's how i got Mm. good at cooking and that's how i really honed my skill is um my roommate and i like all all during my 20s we would have parties over and like when when i would dj like i would have whoever i brought in to guest that week at a party i was throwing whatever and you know invite a bunch of random people over make make a big old meal have barbecues and all that stuff and now it's pretty rare you know 
Yeah, I've, I've done it so much that I I really like just cooking for smaller smaller groups of people on more rare occasions. It's easier to make something for you and another person versus like making it for a group of eight people. You it changes everything in a way that's not always that fun. When you said that you used to cook for people that were out of town, also like when DJs were coming out of town, like if they really knew you, you'd cook for them. Even if I've never met them before, I would That's just amazing. be like, hey, like we, we're going to DJ tonight. The party starts at 10. Come over at 7. I'm making, uh, I'm making a lasagna and we'll hang out, you know, eat some food, do a little pregame sesh. And then That's we'll hit so the club, good. Hit the club type of thing. Wow. It was, it was cool. I mean, you know, it's a good way to quickly learn like, oh, is this person going to be like a friend of mine or is it going to be like not, you know, you learn quickly if this is like, oh, this guy's not going to be my vibe or this person is just they're here to dj and get out they don't want to be friends and i've made so many you know lifelong amazing friends just just through doing that that's awesome yeah man it's kind of like podcasting without a microphone (laughs) you know what i mean it's like talking to people at a table (laughs) speaking of podcasting with how long gone what's your favorite episode uh shit bro Maybe, I mean, I don't have a favorite. The one mm-hmm. that's coming to mind right now that I had a lot of fun recently was Paul Kupo. Um, what that else? was hilarious. That was hilarious. I mean, what episode was that? I gotta find it. Um, I think it was one, yeah, episode 190. That was that was a really funny ass episode. I just like people who just let it spray and people mm-hmm. who are not concerned about offending somebody or like trying to push a product. Like we had Japanese breakfast on and she was definitely just like, don't want to be here talking to you guys kind of energy. And that's <laughs> yeah. fine. You Michelle's make, a homie. I'm sure she's a great gal in in person and, you know, but also when you're two guys who are just coming in real hot, asking you all these dumbass questions you have to learn that not everyone is going to think it's funny or fun or entertaining. Two Maybe they're having a bad white day. Males. Yeah. Yeah. Especially two cis white males, <laughs> which is fine. And I, you know, I, I try to listen to that and read their energy of like, Oh, I need to change our approach. If this style of conversation is not pleasing them, but sometimes mm-hmm. it just clicks like with, um, with like with Paul Cupo and also David Coggins, he's been on a couple times and, he's like you know he's older and wiser and more successful and learned about the world and the way it works so when when we like with uh like with paul cupo it's just kind of like three gay puppies playing in a pen together just like (laughs) tearing up pillows and you know breaking shit and then with coggins it's like two gay puppies running around and then one older wise you know like german shepherd that just sits there and laughs at them that's that's kind of what it is to put it in animal terms for you i know you're a cat (laughs) cat lover but basically people were just like you guys are idiots i will i will play along with your fun game i will you know insult you in a way that makes everyone laugh you know i'll impart some of my knowledge onto you that i think you guys can absorb i will take some tips from you you guys keep me young you keep me old you keep me grounded whatever like that exchange of information and feelings is what i think makes a great podcast and then of course caroline calloway great episode (laughs) (laughs) 
How do you get all your guests? Uh, we just send him a DM and say, hey, do you want to come on? And, and that's pretty much it. Um, Chris, okay. Chris has a wide network of people that he's friends with, so he handles all the booking for the most part. I get a few here and there, but... And now that the show has grown, we have like PR people reaching out to us, pitching us guests and things like that. So it makes it easier. But sometimes you got to tell people no. All the time. How did, the you, time. <laughs> how did you and CB first meet? We first met a long time ago when he was still living in Atlanta. He booked me to DJ one of his friend's parties at a, at a club in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And Chris picked me up from the airport in his baby mama Benz. And we... We were LOLing down the freeway, uh, you know, on the way to the, on the way to the hotel, and we were just friends ever since. And uh, we've we've now we have a zillion mutual friends all over the world. And whenever before we did How Long Gone, he would appear as a guest on my other podcasts over the years, and that was always it was always just very easy. Whenever Chris was in town, he would come to the podcast, and the fans loved it. And it was like you know it was a whole thing. So that's why we decided to start recording our show together when quarantine hit because we just you know nobody knew what to do nobody knew what to we do. had a lot of free time like you could only do kettlebell swings with so many hours <laughs> of the day <laughs> yeah i basically dm chris black all the time now it's because we go to the same spots I'm i sure always he have loves to- that <laughs> I just always have to comment for some reason. Like when he, he was at Matt McCormick's studio, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like I another great episode, by the way. A great episode. Um, really good. I have two Matt McCormick tattoos. I've been to a stu- oh, wow. studio in New York and when and in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And what a guy. He, what a guy. He's a great guy. That was a great episode. I actually never saw him that open before, too. So that was pretty cool you to know, hear. We have a gift. Yeah. We know how to get <laughs> fellas wide open. <laughs> what got you into podcasting in the first place? Uh, I got into podcasting sort of as a side hustle for my DJ career of mm. like, what is a way that I can grow my dj profile in the community meet other djs and other friends over the world um and just show a different side of me you know i was i was really into talking and cracking jokes and conversation and all those things and didn't have an outlet for that in my dj career so so that's how it started it was right when podcasting was just starting to kind of pick up and heat up and a lot of people were were doing it and I just I just randomly did it one day and I, I tweeted out. I remember a long time ago, I was like, if I did a podcast, what should it be called? And a friend of mine, um, Pete, who's a DJ in Canada, said Tall Tales. And then that stuck. So just went with it and and did it for, you know, maybe like five or six years probably. And that's wow. kind of where I learned everything. Yeah, it was a long time ago. And now and then I kind of stopped podcasting for a long time and started it up during quarantine. Would you ever go back to doing Tall Tales or The Stew? No, I don't think so. I mean, I do three episodes of our show a week. So yeah, which is cr- so much. Yeah, so we started at the beginning of quarantine, which has been, what, it's been probably like a year and three months, something like that, since we've been doing it, and mm-hmm. we're on episode 212. So... 
the amount of podcasting I already do is already too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have no desire to do any more at this moment. You know, maybe one day down the line, I'll do more stuff in the food world. But I don't know. It was bad because like the food podcast, a lot. The reason why it got so popular is that I would just talk shit on every restaurant and every show, <laughs> every everything. Like the food space was always like very congratulatory. Yeah. But the more chefs I met and the more restaurant people I met, I realized that everyone talks, you know, just like the fashion world, just like the music world, whatever. Everyone constantly talks shit on everyone else behind each other's backs, but nobody, but everyone is super sweet to each other's face and very supportive publicly on social media. And I was like, there's, there's something wrong there. You know, oh, definitely. And, you know, the That's same some canceled reason. shit. Yeah. It's just like the, the, the energy should needs to be channeled. Like, let's try to find a way to take those both of those energies and put it into a way where you can like you can be critical of other people and other things and businesses and ideas and, you know, art itself in a way that is thought provoking, respectful you know, and is that there's actual discourse going on about it versus just like classic or trash, you know, hot fire mm-hmm. or hot garbage. Like that's sort of what everything is divulged into nowadays. And I want to try to find whatever's in the middle of like, yes, this is not hot fire, but it's also not hot garbage. And this is what's garbage about it. This was what's fire about it. And someone can listen to that and be like, okay, you're right. I, or you know, I disagree. I agree. Maybe I'll take something that you said and apply it to something in the future, improve each other. But, you know, everyone was afraid to say negative things about other people. And as time passed, I realized that it's probably one of the main reasons is I was on the outside of the industry. So I didn't have any skin in the game and I didn't have much empathy for other people. But if you, if I had a huge podcast or a magazine or I was a food critic for the times or whatever, and I write a bad review about some restaurant that just opened where somebody saved up their money for 10 years and got a loan from their parents and sold their car to open this banh mi shop. And I say, this shit is disgusting. Like you could close a business, you know, like somebody's dream is over. Somebody's life is ruined. Somebody's oh, yeah. in huge debt. So like you, it can be very powerful. It really can, um, you know, depending on what you do. So you kind of have to be more careful about that stuff, which I guess is why people talk shit on that banh mi restaurant behind everyone's back. <laughs> <laughs> and why why it's bad. easier to talk shit on like a movie or an album because it's a, you know, a movie studio or Warner Brothers is the one who's going to lose $300,000 on it. Not, you know, not your cousin. So it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> these are <laughs> everything that you're mentioning everything that you're saying is it's very genuine and it's true for everything and you've been in the podcast game forever you you and cb have been featured in vogue for like the broadcast and you you know you say like make it entertaining and in a previous mm-hmm. podcast you said that when you see something that you could talk about for 10 minutes, you write it down. Like that's some stand-up comedy improv type mm-hmm. of shit. Did you ever want to become a comedian in another life? Like I know that you've mentioned writing an episode of like a TV <laughs> show on how long gone, but like, it seems like 
it seems that you're too caring and like even though we were we were just talking about talking shit or whatever mm -hmm. and like the stand-up comedy world improv stuff they're all like all over the place but mm -hmm. well a, a lot of people I, I i've i've always loved comedy i and i never really thought like i want to be a stand-up comedian i never tried to be one i just like to be a part of it kind of on the fringe and I would, you know, always be a jokester, you know, hanging out with friends and stuff like that. And I loved watching, you know, like comedy movies. And I grew up watching SNL and Kids in the Hall and all these like sketch shows. And so I've always loved comedy as a way of like exchanging emotions in between people in a way that's comforting and entertaining. Um, but I don't know. A lot of people say that like, comedians are just like the whole point of comedy or entertaining is like surprising someone like the element of surprise and a lot of people also say that comedians are just kind of like justice porn kind of people like they see <laughs> they see an injustice in the world and they want to tell everybody about it like this this thing that i saw they see is bullshit mm -hmm. and if you just complain Very about excellent. it then <laughs> If you just complain about it, then they're like, oh, okay, you're just like a salty guy who like, you, okay, you hate airports. Like, yeah, no shit. But if you figure out a way to say it in a way that's entertaining, then people will listen to you more and be like, you know what? That person actually had a lot of interesting points about why this thing that I accepted as a normal thing is actually a bad thing or, you know, whatever it may be. So, you know, comedy is a way, you know, is a the most popular tool to make something that's not entertaining become entertaining and then once you do that then you kind of have them and you know people just want to i think people just want to laugh and be entertained at some point in their life to just let some of that steam out you know definitely i hope there's a how long gone series sometime in the near future for you too like a like a netflix series even better hbo even oh hbo okay I would love an HBO show. You never know. We'll see what happens. But, you know, that's the other thing is like people are always saying like now that you have a podcast that seems to be successful and it's growing, like what is your goal? Like where do you, you know, do you want it to be a TV show? There's sort of like these next steps that everyone assumes. Like if you have a fashion line, like, oh, what do you, I want to get into a department store and then I want to get into this and then I want to. And people nowadays are like, you know, I don't necessarily want to do that. I don't have to do that. That's not the only trajectory that you have to do nowadays. And the same thing with, with what we're doing with the podcast. Like maybe, maybe every show doesn't need, like maybe Jesus and Miro as an example of a podcast that turned into a TV show. Like maybe it was better as a T or as a podcast. Like maybe right. it doesn't need to be a TV show. Right um maybe i mean we'll never know that because it turned into a tv show and it's obvious you know it's done well it's a successful show and those guys are really really talented and really funny but we'll never know that what if they just stuck with it as podcasting and now they would be you know they would be on a joe rogan level where they're getting a hundred million dollar deal instead True. of the one million dollar deal from showtime you know i don't know how much they made but it's probably closer to one than 100 and that's that's what's really exciting about podcasting now is that like some people are just like I love podcasting I'm the best at it and turning this into a movie or a TV show or a book or a live Broadway production what like that's not always the best idea 
And thankfully now it doesn't have to be the only way to become successful or to make money. Exactly. You can, you can just only do podcasting, never leave your house, never put clothes on, live in your closet. Terrible. And be an amazing, perfect podcaster. So gross. <laughs> Terrible name. <laughs> and this is why me, you, Chris Black, and a lot of other people that have all these other careers that we do love never call ourselves a podcaster but here we are well i definitely call myself a podcaster <laughs> because i'm honest with myself <laughs> <laughs> but but also there's no shame to me no there's not in saying there's that not. i'm a podcaster because if you're like oh i'm a podcaster you guys you know so like you have your job you work for like a corporate company you know like you you do like user journey experience at squarespace or like you know you are a graphic designer at slack or whatever it is you know these great jobs that everyone is like oh amazing you have a cool creative job you get paid a good amount of money you have equity in the company blah 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 but you're also doing something you also you also have to do things that you don't want to do in exchange for money at of the course. end of the day. And there's always going to be those two types of people. People that do that because you're the people that are willing to do things they don't want to do in exchange for money, in exchange for job security. And then there's people who are not willing to do things they don't want to do for money in exchange for having the risk of not having that job security. And if you're able to be a, a podcaster, I, you know, I'm proud to be a podcaster. I'm proud to say that I built something from zero. Not proud to be American. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not at the current moment, not at this very day at this very moment. Um, but you know, that's, that's something that involves a lot of hard work, a lot of talent and skill and you know, that not everyone is willing to do. And I, you know, I'm proud of myself for doing that. I think it's cool. That is and cool. I get to, and I get to work on, I get to talk to my friend on FaceTime for an hour say a bunch of dumb jokes and we get, you know, and then I get paid for that. It's fucking sick. With Spotify. <laughs> from, well, you know, from advertising, selling merch, you know, and whatever else comes from it, you know? Of course, of course. Because before that, I'm guessing, did you design all the flyers for Cinespace back in the day? It's got early 2000s written all over it. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did do that. Yeah, I mean, it was perfect for that time. It was. It's all we knew. But that's <laughs> well. That's another interesting part about the podcast is once you have a thing, in, instead of just being like, I want to be a DJ and a graphic designer and a chef and a blah, 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 and I want to do all these things, you have all these great skills and ideas and talents, and they're all floating around all over the place. They're just like planets in the solar system that are not in orbit of each other and what you you have to drop one to pick the other one up and they're not really all working together but once we started doing the podcast i had a way to funnel it all together so instead of saying like i want to start a dope clothing company i have i think i have good ideas for t-shirt designs and i'm gonna start an instagram and i'm gonna you know spend money on buying shirts and I'm going to print them and I'm going to take nice photos of them and give them to my friends. I'm going to try to build this as a clothing brand the same way that zillions of other brands have done and failed. 
Uh, <laughs> but I never did that because it's just like, what am I going to do? But now that I have a podcast, I can be like, oh, I'm going to start making merchandise for my podcast. And now it has a reason to exist. Exactly. It has a built-in audience, customer base, mm-hmm. and it starts making sense and it starts all working together. So that so that makes sense. And now that I have a podcast, now people are asking me to DJ again, whereas like but, I have Because they met- never did before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I spent all my 20s and like early, you know, all my 20s being a professional DJ and, you know, traveling all over. And I, I got to see a lot of cool things and I got to make money doing what I loved. And that was great. But then, you know, as I got older, the, the DJ phone doesn't ring quite as much. And I started doing other things and working on other, you know, creative things. And I wasn't really DJing anymore, hung up the headphones a little bit. But now that I am have a podcast, now people are emailing me to DJ DJ things and like, hey, we like your show and you're a DJ, so we'll do this and festivals are booking me and all this random stuff. So it's like you just have to have you just have to have like a thing that's going on and that's alive that other people can see and notice. And then all the other things that you're into that you don't know what to do with start making more sense. They have a reason to exist versus like if I ever wrote a book, it'd be like this better be the best book in the fucking world because otherwise no one's going to care about it because like what is this no. but now if we were to write a, a book it's going to be like oh these guys from this podcast wrote a book now i have a reason <laughs> to check it out <laughs> <laughs> how long gone <laughs> the book hey you never know bro <laughs> it could already be in the works for all we know but but yeah i mean the over the overarching theme is like all, all your little things that are floating around in the whirlwind of stuff that you want to do. If you have like a North Star guiding it all, they all kind of start working for each other and making more sense holistically versus like I want to open a restaurant and I want to be a YouTube blogger and I want to have a streetwear company and I want to have a wellness meditation app. And if you if you do all that stuff, you're just going to it's you're going to end up doing nothing. Oh, of course, you're going to have. You're going to be really bad at having a really large amount of things. And there you have it. <laughs> and the secrets to having a podcast right there. The secrets to having a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. And also treat it like a job. Don't treat it like a side project. Not to bring it back to what this whole podcast is about. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, hats off to you on all these things that you do. For some Wear Made Hats to Star Solutions, we should do a How Long Gone Wear Made Hats mashup somehow, Them Jeans remix. I want to get the new collection with you guys. <laughs> yeah, none of that's ever going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to get a chest tattoo, quote in Old English, what would it be? Um... It would be in words, you mean? Orange yes. County. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's where you're from. That's right. Welcome to the OC, bitch. Jason, thank you so much for coming on Wear May Hats. It was great to have you. My pleasure. I hope you had fun, Rashawn. I had so fun? much fun. I had so much fun. Okay, good. Do you, do you edit this podcast or you just let it go? I edit this podcast. <laughs> okay. I, it looks, a lot of people don't. Who knows? But you come from a musical background, so you know how to do it all, right? I do. 
Just load it into your little garage band and start clicking away, right? Uh, audition. Audition. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jason, so much for coming on Wear Many Hats. It was great to have you. Plug your socials. Where can people find you? You can find me at them jeans on Instagram and Twitter. That's that's the only place I'm at. I'm no Facebook, no LinkedIn, no TikTok. <laughs> Yet. Never gonna have any of those. <laughs> Never gonna have any. No letterboxed. No Yelp. You can't find me on any of that shit. Substack? I do have a Substack called Let Me Get a Bite, which I have not written anything on in a while, but um, Jonah from Blackbird Spy Plane wrote a very nice thing about it for the cut. So now I have hundreds of new subscribers that I have to write about. So I've actually been working on writing a little bit more lately now that I'm getting some more free time. So hopefully I'll be writing a lot more about sandwiches and things like that look at you you like sandwiches mm-hmm. rashad what's your favorite sandwich i think you're so smart i'm from philly so a hoagie mm. italian hoagie italian hoagie mm-hmm. okay that's good love it a little a little a little oil and vinegar on there exactly so, okay. salt and pepper love it all the meats all the you're a provolone guy i'm a provolone guy good man okay love it well, I hope to see you while I'm out in Los Angeles. Hopefully my writer is um, anything that you make. And thank you so much again for coming on Wear Many Hats. Thank you um, for having me. It was that's all. Amazing. That's it. That's it. Okay, Till next right. time this <laughs> Till ne- <laughs> Til next time this is Wear Many Hats presented by Jasar and I'm Rashad. Peace. Peace. <laughs>